0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Rediscover sex and visit www.edenfantasies.com. Good afternoon. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored. No holds barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya. I'm ready
2: for Sex with Jaya. How about you, John?
3: I am ready for Sex with Jaya. So, let's play ball. <laughs>
2: The name of the book is Jerry West, The Life and Legend of a Basketball Icon. The question is, why is Jaya talking about sports? Well, we have a whole hour to delve in, but first, a little education from sexismagazine.com. The name of the article is Going for the Gold, otherwise known as Eurolagnia. more commonly known as water sports. What was that word again?
3: Eurolagnia. Oh, you're a lagnia. <laughs> hmm.
2: I couldn't resist since today's topic is sports and sex, you know, I always type in just a word in their search engine and see what comes up. And uh this was the article that came up. And you, so I opened up my mind
3: you and I kept reading. You couldn't type in and try for something else, huh?
2: <laughs> no, well, that was the topic today.
3: You had to yeah. But... <laughs> Okay, continue, please.
2: And, and the name of the article is Going for the Gold, so, you know, anyway. Uh, so what I learned is that, that Eurolagnia is is a sport. Really now? Yeah, I was reading the article out loud to John. I was blushing quite a bit as I was reading it.
3: Yeah, and you're right. It, they have all kinds of procedures and kind of practices they do. There's like a whole technique to it. I yeah, have no idea. Many techniques. So <laughs> yeah, we were both kind of blushing there as you read that.
2: Yes. But I love how natural and positive the author made it. So you know, she just made it very natural. And part of my thing is normalizing. You know that that our sexuality is something that can be normalized. And so um, I liked that she just normalized it. Like this is a fantasy, and this is something people do, and it's all good. So and it's, anyway, it's, well, it's,
3: go ahead. Um, she mentions in there how all those muscles that you use when you urinate are any muscles that you use when you're having sexual pleasure, so it's kind of natural that this, it feels good.
2: Okay, I'm blushing again. <laughs> Back to sports. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, John, you really wanted me to interview this author today. Why? Well, you know, um, I heard him on the Jim Rome show, and, and you know, we've been, I've been telling you for months we should do something about athletes and sex, especially since the whole Tiger Woods thing happened but you know you kind of wanted to approach it from a different angle you just didn't want to have like a gossip session that so many of the other shows go into so i heard Rowan on the Jim Rome show and i was like wow that's that's the topic we got to talk about because he brought up the fact about sports teams managing and kind of taking care of their their athletes sexual habits kind of protecting them and so when I heard that on the show, I was like, wow, we've, we've got to get this book. We've got to talk to this guy. And then I found out that he wrote this fantastic book and that he's very accomplished and all, all these different things. He's a, he teaches journalism at Virginia Tech and Radford University and does all these amazing things. And so it was like, wow, we'd be really lucky to have this guy on the show. And, and so here he is today with us, Roland Lazenby.
2: So hello, Roland.
4: Hi guys, how are you today?
2: <laughs>
3: We're doing great. Good. You know what's funny is that we
2: we've had your book around the house for the last couple of days and uh you know, it's uh, I'm I'm not a big sports person and and John's very into sports, but we have a a baby who just turned 1 and he sees the pictures on the back of your book and he just goes ball,
3: ball, ball. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> would not anyway. stop looking at them. <laughs> I kept saying that's Jerry West, that's Jerry West. <laughs> So
2: we're teaching him sports from a young age.
4: Making him a Lakers fan. (laughs) Yes,
2: Yes. since we do live in L.A., it it only makes sense. So uh, some questions for you. I'm going to begin with, you know, your book is about Jerry West. A lot of my listeners probably don't know who that is, so maybe you could just start by sharing a little bit about who Jerry West was and the factors that contributed to him having such great discipline and competitive drive.
4: Right. Uh, well, Jerry West uh, was a player who came from the West Virginia Hills, went to West Virginia University to play college. Uh, he was uh, very accomplished there. And then in 1960, when the Lakers moved from Minneapolis to Los Angeles, Jerry was drafted as one of the top two rookies in the league. And, and Jerry came to Los Angeles and just thrilled crowds with his displays of heart, just how hard he played, and uh, he he carried the uh, Lakers to the NBA championship series six times against the Boston Celtics in the 1960s, and six times the Lakers lost. And so mm-hmm. Jerry became this um, emblem, sort of 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 just fighting, 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 trying to find some way to win. And so today he is the NBA logo. He is the competitive emblem of the NBA. If you ever see the red, white, and blue insignia of the NBA, there's a silhouette in the center. And that is said to be based on the the graceful um, profile of Jerry West.
2: Yeah, uh, John was showing me the picture today. He said, go to NBA.com and you can see the, the logo of it and you have the picture on the inside of your book there on the cover and uh, I was like, wow, yeah it does, does look a lot like him." and the other thing that was interesting too uh, in reading just the very beginning of your first chapter of your book you talk about the women um, I think it's Jerry's grandmother you're talking about and uh, you know, I just had a baby so I really related to you know the hardships that women were going through at the time
4: Right, uh, and one of the things I wanted to explain here, so many times when someone writes a sports book or discusses sports, uh, particularly uh, uh, American pro sports, uh, you know, it's always thought of in terms of men and in terms of it being a man's game or a man's world. Exactly. And yet Jerry West was the product of, of these very fierce um, women in, in the southern Appalachians, in the West Virginia hills, who lived very difficult lives, and yet their attributes in coping with those difficult lives. Um, in the case of his, case of his mother, uh, the the perfectionism he inherited from her. In the case of his grandmother, just this long line of hardy women who existed under just unbelievable circumstances. I, I just wanted to show that so much of who this great American athlete is is uh, immediately attributable to his uh, to his mother and grandmother and this long line of women that uh, you know are in his ancestry.
3: Hmm.
2: So that brings me. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge competitive person, even though I'm not in sports. And you know that that competitive drive is really essential for champion sports. But have you seen anything close to that in other professions?
4: Oh sure, it's you know I, I think it's bred into the species and everything. We compete and compare. Um, you know, sports is sort of an, an artificial expression of that, but I think it's inherent in our everyday lives. Uh, you know, at, at every turn, we're always trying to outdo one another. And then there is um, there is that rare competitive strain in the uh, you know in humans that, that comes from perfectionism. And um, whatever the endeavor, sometimes you get to these truly great people, who are these berserk, insane perfectionists. Sometimes they're micromanagers. Sometimes they're people that just drive themselves crazy. And a lot I don't of know them anyone maybe, like
3: that? Do you, John? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, let me think. <laughs>
4: a, a lot of people <laughs> never get to the top of their. Com- uh, professions because they're so hard on themselves or hard on the people around them. But when people do break through, they you know, they, and we see that a lot in sports, they are truly exceptional.
3: Yeah, and staying right in that same line, can you talk a, a bit about Jerry West, when he was going to draft um, Magic Johnson, there was another player he could have drafted. I can't remember the name right now, but... Jerry West talked about that intangible thing that you can't see in an athlete. He chose Magic Johnson, but then later he found out why, and that was because Magic had something, and Michael Jordan had it, and it was that work ethic. It was that ability to show up night after night and try harder and not get beat. You know, when you, when you get beat, you come back the next night just as hard so can you talk about that? And because it's something that Jerry couldn't see, but on some level he kind of saw it, didn't he?
4: Yes, uh, I, I can talk about it because um, you, you know um, the thing that Jerry was from a young age was a tremendous spectator, and he had this ability to watch. Um, he had this ability to watch athletes and to observe what they could do um, physically. Could could look at how, how quick they were, how high they could jump, uh how well they could dribble or shoot or do any of the uh of the elements or any of the athletic feats of the game. And he, he could catalog all of that. But the longer he studied players, and of course he was studying these players uh, first as a coach and a scout, and and actually before that as a player uh, himself as he was competing against other players. Right. But he made it his lifelong thing, and then he became a general manager charged with drafting them. And uh, he said, you can always see what people can do on the floor, but you cannot read their hearts. And it's that equation there. Their ability to work insanely hard, their, you know, all all the different levels of intelligence it takes, ability to relate to teammates, all the things that make them truly special are very hard to see.
3: This this is one of the things that makes your book so excellent, is because you're able to write about people, and Americana, and but you weave it right into this, like you said, this insane drive that people have to excel. And for me, I'm just, I'm just, I can't put the book down hardly. It's just fantastic.
4: And I think it, it certainly is a, a function of sports, but I think we see it in politics. I think we see it in music and art. Um, mm-hmm. There's this competitive element that, that drives people on many levels and many endeavors. And there, there are always this select few who have the combination of talent and drive and then this uh, this competitive thing that gives them that extra gear. That, a lot of times it it leaves them searching uh, unusual places for motivation. Uh, sometimes they'll use imagined slights or real slights and they'll blow those up in in their mind and use them to really to really push the agenda.
2: Mm-hmm. My guest today is Roland Lazenby. He is the author of Jerry West, The Life and Legend of a Basketball Icon. Uh, Roland, do you have a website that you would like people to go to?
4: I have a website where I discuss uh, certain things related to pro basketball. It's called LakerNoise.com. I'm always sort of a curmudgeon when it comes to uh, basketball and the Lakers and <laughs> sort of have a contrarian point of view. It's not... Uh, Standard basketball stuff, but if you're interested in curmudgeons and contrarians <laughs> and the Lakers, you might go to <laughs> LakerNoise.com, and you could probably gather that from the the name of the site itself.
2: Cool. Awesome. LakerNoise.com. So when we get back after break, uh, I want to start diving into some of the juice and talk about Wilt Chamberlain and um, some of his sexual conquests, and. and the link between sex and sports and um uh, you know there's so much i i have so much i'm so excited to just pick your brain because this is a topic that i'm learning about how does libido and desire how is that affected by this drive this competitive drive when we return more sex with jaya
0: The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moye, aka the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Channel.
1: Stimulating talk. Gets those synapses in your brain. inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
2: You know, I asked Victoria at EdenFantasies.com what adult toys might apply to sex and sports. Because, you know, we always have to share a little information about toys that have to do with our topic. And we were talking on the phone, and, and she said, you know, a lot of people have injuries when they have sports. So that really puts a damper on their sex life. So... There's things like slings and straps and swings and handles and harnesses and stools. (laughs) (laughs) So so we were talking and having a little fun about exploring all the different ways that people might use these for knee injuries or hip injuries or different things that uh, may happen from your sports injuries. So um, they have uh, this week, the coupon code is SPORTS. I know all of you wait for that coupon code. SPORTS is the coupon code, 25% off at EdenFantasies.com this week. History. And back to our guest today, Roland Lazen- Lazenby. And he's the author of Jerry West, The Life and Legend of Basketball Icon, and his website, com. So I want to dive in with Wilt Chamberlain. So Wilt was known to be uh, a sexual conquest legend. Do you think that Jerry was surprised by the sexual activities of the players that he managed?
4: Uh, not at all. You know, Jerry uh, Jerry came to Los Angeles as a rookie. The Lakers moved there from Minneapolis and even in Minneapolis, um uh, Hot Rod Hunley, um you know, the name is appropriate to the show. But Hot Rod Hunley had also been a player at West Virginia and he had gone to the Minneapolis Lakers and Hot Rod Hunley was quite the ladies' man and, you know, had the the intention at least of trying to bed the entire female population of Minneapolis and
0: was <laughs> a large
4: number of uh of secretaries and professional women there, and the Lakers sort of the only at um, athletic game in town um in the winter there and and, and so suddenly you, you know you have this atmosphere basketball has always been looked at even it was it was a game in the the cold cities of the Northeast and the gyms. But the joke was it was always very large men running around in their underwear. Right,
3: yeah.
4: And, and so you take uh you take American pro basketball, which is which is not really um an entertainment that has gotten a lot of attention from the public. Suddenly you move it to Los Angeles in nineteen sixty. Let's see, you got large men running around in their underwear, you have Hollywood, you have the porn industry <laughs> and you have the american <laughs> sexual revolution about to break over the ramparts <laughs> and so that's a formula where Jerry West may have been many things and he may have lacked things but he was not uninitiated in the, the ways of the groupies and that that pro sports lifestyle
2: and so when he had to manage these players what you know what did it really entail did they have girls that he would go, you know, like available after the game as opposed to having them go out to the nightclub to get girls. Uh, you know, in, in that pursuit of championship, what what did he do to protect the players? And, um, yeah, we'll we'll start there. What did he do and what did it entail? I think he
4: was more understanding than anything. I think he was willing to look the other way. I think he was willing to laugh about it and consider it the sport that he'd always known it to be. You know, there's the sport on the floor where they keep score on the scoreboard. And then there are all the various sports off the floor for these competitive people. And there's no question that sex is one of those. And, of course, score is kept in different ways. And so where where people who aren't a part of that special environment and... The special environment for pro sports is really no different than any of our other special environments. And by that, I mean, you know, people grow up to be rock stars. They grow up to be politicians. They grow up to be actors and entertainers. They grow up to be athletes. But all of these males are are pursuing these activities because they want the attention of females. Exactly. And so... Always we seem surprised when, when some male who has made a lot of money uh, being good, either playing a guitar or hitting a golf ball or shooting a basketball or, or making political speeches, somehow we're always surprised that um, these figures, not always, but a lot of times engage in a lot of sex. And there are people who have a lot of desire to have sex with them. But that is just a function of the human animal. We are attracted in those ways.
2: So one of the things, and you're you're touching on some really important stuff and getting into the juice today. I'm I'm feeling myself feeling the juice. Um, But one of the questions I have from somebody who's listening is that they've heard a lot of male athletes will avoid ejaculation before a game. Um, And they're wondering, what about the female athletes?
4: You know, um, I think athleticism is uh, is a, you know it it's it really is a new thing in terms of of females and and competition and we are finding marvelous things. It's a it's a wonderful thing for for female athletes to be able to compete and they every year they're doing more and different and new things and. Um, I've coached female athletes for many years, and there are so many things they bring to competition that, that males will never grasp. And people who have coached both will tell you that.
3: Can you, can you elaborate on that point?
4: Yes. I, women play for each other. Men tend to play for themselves, and that's not just my opinion. That's the opinion of, of somebody as famous as Anson uh, Dorrance, the UNC soccer coach who has coached both men and the women multiple national championships. W- women have a complexity sometimes that male athletes will just never reach.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And um, you know the Lakers while while we're talking about them they use the triangle offense and that's they're one of the few men's teams that really is able to learn and execute the triangle offense but in women's basketball a number of the women's teams are able to embrace and really succeed with this this complex basketball offense, and so like one of my uh,
2: sexual techniques. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Right>. <laughs> but there is a complexity for women that is uh, is very different from men. Um, homosexuality among female athletes is um, more open; right. it, it, it's more condoned. It is strictly taboo for the most part for males. Right. And um that does create good or bad, it does create some confusion and some complexity on team rosters when when um sometimes you have openly sexual female athletes with with other athletes who are, are not homosexual and are not open about their sexuality. And so it's it's a different sort of complexity for females than it is for males. Hmm.
2: So uh, going back to the Lakers and talking about Magic Johnson. um,
4: Has there ever been an athlete with a more appropriate name? Yeah, a more
3: sexual perfect name.
2: So John had the question of, you know, ultimately the Lakers in some ways failed to protect Magic because he became HIV positive. Um, why do you think that was? And, and can you just share a little bit about the background? You know, is it true that magic would wait until after a game to to have sex? And if so, is that a common strategy for players?
4: Yes, and I realize that in these long answers, I I haven't completely answered your question, so I apologize oh, for that. You're
3: doing great. You're doing great.
4: <laughs> but, um, but it's true, and this goes back, you know, even when I was doing the interviews for this book, I was reminded of things. I, I'm 57, and I was reminded of things i heard competing in high school and one of the old guys i was interviewing recalled a west virginia basketball coach who had all his players sit in ice water the day before the game to (laughs) discourage masturbation (laughs) and and there's this long-held belief that players don't perform at a top level if they have sex before a game and of course Magic Johnson came to Los Angeles as a teenager. Right. And, uh, he, he came fully with that belief. Uh, ironically, uh, Jerry West was this player who was really, really uptight before games. And he, he came to believe that one of the ways of dealing with this tremendous tension was to have sex before a game. So I don't think that it's a, uh, I don't think it's easily uh, categorized, although I would say the vast majority of people subscribe to the older wives tale about sex after the game.
3: Well but, you know, that's a big thing and that I think it's in that very first Rocky movie where um uh, <laughs> Nick, his coach, is saying women weaken legs, women weaken legs. Right. And so I don't know if that's where we all got it from or it was before that, but it's definitely in our culture that yeah. I, and I think too, in, in in the Rocky movie, he was. I think he was talking more about the heart. That if you're, if a man is kind of satisfied in his heart, then he's satisfied in his heart. He he's not going to fight as hard.
4: The, there is a certain logic to it, and I I think you know it, it is interesting because uh, and these are stories that Magic Johnson told on himself. They are not stories that I'm digging up about his sex life, right? But he was estimating and others confirmed for me that he was having sex with about 3 to 500 people a year at the heyday of show of the Showtime teams for the Lakers in the 1980s and again magic revealed that uh, and all of this came out when when the public learned he was hiv positive right and and so magic revealed at that time that you know he was having after games he would have sex with two, three, four women, sometimes five or six, I guess, um, at a time. Now, there's a lot of context about the Lakers and sex. First of all, there are other sports, baseball, football. As I said, every endeavor, not just sports, groupies are are everywhere. But the Lakers are a special case. And they're a special case, one because of the things we described with Los Angeles and the circumstances, but then Jerry Buss bought the team in 1979.
3: And he was, he was something else, wasn't
4: he? Yeah, uh, he has been. And his immediate plan was to create this Showtime aura and to sell the team with sex. Uh-huh. And, of course, in most American cities it might not have worked but it was a perfect fit for Hollywood to have all the scantily clad Lakers girls doing their routines. And it, it just worked with all the celebrities courtside and then the premier athletes running up and down the floor. And, of course, Jerry Buss has long identified with Playboy magnate Hugh Hefner.
2: Okay. okay, we have to stop on that note, and we'll come back after we'll come break. Back I want to hear Buck. all about this Hugh Hefner link. <laughs> We're talking with Roland Lazenby, author of Jerry West, The Life and Legend of a Basketball Icon. More Sex with Jaya when we return.
1: Talk, talk, talk. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open.
0: Here, let me try. <clears throat> Here you go. Thanks. You don't
1: have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy send an email to jaya at miss jaya.com that's j-a-i-y-a at miss jaya.com now back to sex with jaya
2: you know, John and I have had a private practice for a number of years, and in my private practice, I've actually seen a lot of athletes, gold medalists, and world class—you know—champions um, in my practice. And what they, you know, there's this there's this thing about what do I do with all this sexual energy? I have a huge libido, my sex drive is really high, and how do I work with it? And so one of the things that John and I have, have sort of come up with is performance-enhancing sex, how to use your sexual you know, desire and libido and sexual energy to move it through your body to enhance your performance. And um, one of the things that I like to teach is that movement of sexual um, drive, desire throughout the rest of the body and channeling it into other things so you can use it to really channel it. And I think maybe some of where the myth comes from about not ejaculating before games comes from that um, prolactin when we get into talking about hormones, the prolactin drop, which makes you tired and want to roll over and go to sleep after having an orgasm. So, But if you're not having an orgasm, and I want to also separate out that orgasm and ejaculation are two different things controlled by two different parts of the brain so actually you want to have orgasm but not ejaculation to be more specific about what causes that intense drop in prolactin or that intense squirt of prolactin um, which causes the refractory period but if you can learn how to channel your sexual energy or sexual sensation or orgasm throughout your entire body have full body orgasm become multi orgasmic, um, then perhaps you don't you get more energy and channel it into the game as opposed to having that hormonal shift which brings me to another question that we have um, Roland for you which is um, about testosterone and drugs that athletes take. And this person is saying, most top uh, athletes supplement with testosterone or precursors that tests don't pick up, hence the strong sex drive. Um, It is a big something about beating the test. By the way, I know this is a fact. Would you deny it if it meant millions were lost? I guess he's asking here, um, you know, that is there a money industry around keeping them with a strong... Uh, you know, drug use and strong sex drive?
4: Well, obviously that's quite a controversy in baseball. And um, becoming a controversy in in, uh, basketball to some degree, at least uh, there are questions uh, that people are starting to ask about basketball players and testosterone. In, In football, testosterone has been taboo and has been an issue for quite some time. Uh, and as we see in, in Olympic sports, uh, there are people always looking for a competitive advantage uh, when that's outside the rules. They still want the advantage, but they want to hide it somehow to avoid uh, testing and, and suspension from the game. But there's no question that, that uh, testosterone, I mean, uh, you know, enhances performance. Uh, it allows you to uh, become much stronger, um, uh, th- There's so many things it does. It's it, it's quite powerful, and obviously it's a controlled substance as um, a result. And also, also there are very legitimate uses for testosterone. It's it's hormone replacement therapy for males. Uh, uh, it, it has a, you know a variety of medicinal uh, uses as well. But uh, boy, uh, it, yes, it creates uh, uh, additional sex drive. And, of course, people who are uh, successful athletes have pretty high levels um, of natural testosterone as well. That, that's mm-hmm. one of the, the factors that makes them stronger, faster. You know, we're yeah. really just at...
3: They, they would have never gotten to where they were without if they, it. Had, if they hadn't been so mm-hmm. strong.
4: Right, and if they hadn't naturally had those levels of testosterone... But, but we're really just at the dawn of, uh, of looking at performance enhancement and, and, and athletics. And right now there is a tremendous backlash over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that will continue for some time. At the same time, boy, we sure have evolved as a species in so many directions and
2: so so here's a question that sort of ties into there which is um is there such a thing as performance enhancing sex um do you think that magic's game or tiger woods's game or any of this do you think that the people who is you know i guess it goes back to the link of testosterone but is there such a thing as sex enhancing the performance
4: well i i think it's tied into their first um i think it's tied into their mental approach i think it's it's tied into how they view themselves as competitors and what they need. Uh, as I said, uh, Jerry West and some people think, I, I've got this tremendous tension. I have got to ensure my focus, and I, I, I've got to be able to calm down before I play. Uh, other people, you, you know, the anticipation of the reward after the game. Uh, but all of them view uh, at one level or another Sex as, uh, as one of the rewards. You know, mm-hmm. in fact, if you break it down, why do uh, adolescent boys pick up guitars? Why do they go out for the football team? Mm-hmm. I remember the, I have a brother who's 10 years older, who's a fantastic, uh, football player. And he used to sing to me when I was a little kid, you've gotta be a football hero. <laughs> Get
0: along
4: with the beautiful girls. And so, sex is the goal it you know it's not always articulated
2: right. a lot of but times it is it all comes it back to procreation <laughs> right
4: right it's that it,
2: drive to procreate
4: it is and it it drives i remember being in charlotte in 1998 when the lakers were playing in town they were staying at the marriott the marriott in charlotte had this huge bar and after the game it it was packed with Hundreds and hundreds of women dressed to the nines, every one of them there to bed a Laker. And there was magic leading the whole bar up on the stage in the electric slide. <laughs> and, and I was sitting there talking with one of these women. You know, she was just explaining to me, she said, look, I'm a secretary. You know, I, I'd love to have sex with magic tonight. Now, if I got pregnant, even if, even if it was never settled in the courts, there's a good chance that if, if I had a son, that son might grow up to be a big, strong athlete who could take care of me. Mm. And so I, she was just being very frank. And I looked at her, I said, you know, if Madonna was up there on that stage and I was looking for that angle, I'm, I wouldn't have any trouble thinking the same way. Humans are plotting their improvement. And, and so one of perfect. the ways they do it is that.
3: That's perfect and we, Jai and I were talking about this earlier, was, okay, you've got women lined up in whatever way to meet these guys. You know, it's not like they don't want to be there. They want to be there. They want to enjoy it, and the guys are enjoying it. So, and, and there's thousands of athletes out there and thousands of girls, and they're all going to have sex tonight. And then very, very small percentage of that happens and somebody gets hurt, like a wife finds out or blah, blah, blah. And so there's a lot of people enjoying sex with athletes, and it's great. But then there's a few things that go wrong.
4: And a couple of those, obviously, if someone shatters a trusting relationship, those are very special things in life. And, you know, those are things that are particular to each couple. Right. But, but when those things happen, that can be devastating.
2: And that was one of my questions about what are the agreements with the wives of these sports figures? You know, do they have certain agreements or understandings with their husbands? Because I always see this stuff in the media. You know, when the Tiger Woods thing first happened, I was like, oh, you know, they don't know anything. Like, they don't know what agreement he had with his wife. Maybe she was like, cool, like, go have sex with whoever you want, you know. So I'm always wondering about what are the agreements or even political figures because I see that a lot, too.
4: You know, I, I can't speak beyond some observation other than the fact that I've been married 35 years and I, I travel a good bit uh, doing interviews and doing my work. And I have a wonderful wife who um, has to bear the burden for everything that I get to do in my work. She's here, you know, we have children we've raised, we we have a world we've created and um, so many wives, uh, and, and sometimes that shoes on the other foot. Sometimes, uh, increasingly, there are men staying at home.
2: Yep, John's care. one of them. And,
4: and and when these things happen, when a spouse is making those sacrifices, it is uh, it's a it's a difficult difficult thing. And uh, you know, I, I've dealt with uh, an athlete who had legendary levels of sex and his wife had no idea about Mm -hmm. it and she would tell people he is such a wonderful man he is so honest and uh, that that is very very difficult Uh, you know that that gets into an area where generalization just doesn't work because every relationship is unique
2: Mm -hmm. yeah I uh I think that it would be very, very difficult with the dishonesty. I think that that would be the hardest part um, is just the inauthenticity inauthentic- and the dishonesty, and I think that's where a lot of the public has trouble. Um, so when we have to go to a break again, but when we return, I want to just talk a little bit about do you think that athletes are becoming wiser about their habits to protect their public image, you know, since the whole Tiger Woods fiasco has happened and um, a lot of the stuff has has gone on? especially in politics lately, um, do you think that they're getting wiser and do you think that that's just going to increase sort of the inauthenticity? Um, You know, I think, again, I think a lot of the issue is with the inauthenticity and the lying that it is if people are just open about it. and I have a couple of questions from people. I have more questions coming in for you. So um, that's, that's exciting to see the questions coming in. So those of you who want to check out my website, my website is missjaya.com. You can also go to redhottouch.com and check out my DVDs and videos and all of my blurbings and bloggings and all of that good stuff. We're talking today with Roland Lazenby, and he is the author of Jerry West, The Life and Legend of a Basketball Icon. You can check out his website at lakernoise.com. So when we return, we will come back with more Sex with Jaya, Roland Lazenby, and my cohort today, Mr. John Hanauer. The love was off today, but... We'll have him back soon if you're missing him. Yeah, he wasn't into the sports. So, when we return, more Sex with Jaya.
1: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah!
0: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time Total Career Success What does it mean to you?
1: tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy send an email to jaya at miss that's j-a-i-y-a at miss jaya.com now back to sex with jaya
2: we're back. I have a comment here on my Facebook from an athlete who says, you know, it's all in our minds, and he's talking about how powerful the mind is. And, John, you were mentioning during break superstition. Can you just chat a little bit about what you were saying there?
3: Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, if a, if a player has a great game and he did a particular thing before the game, whether it was he tied his left shoe and then he tied his right shoe. or and then he had sex. Or he had sex. He in a to swing, do that same a harness thing again and again and again.
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you were talking about um, addiction a little bit, Roland, you wanted to mention just how much that is tied into sort of this mind, mind game that athletes play with themselves.
4: Right. Uh, you know, so many uh, athletes, uh, not just in basketball, uh, uh, across uh, the array of professional sports. Coming out of the sexual revolution, the 60s and 70s, as a couple of former Lakers pointed out to me, so many of these guys were sex addicted, and the phrase he used was, they were, they were eat up with it. And of course, sex addiction itself is, uh, is an idea, a concept that is open to debate. Is there such a thing? Um, there are different views of that, but, but that feeds right off of what, uh, the caller was, uh, was telling you in John. So much of, of what happens in, in this realm involves what players believe. If they believe themselves to be sex addicts, um, that's how they, they carry forward in their lives. And, and you know, I, I think that becomes a, a tremendously complicated thing because it feeds into the psyche of these people who are, are operating at a rare level. They're paid millions of dollars to compete at a very high level. And so the the psychology of that can be just gnarly sometimes.
3: Mm-hmm. One of the so things Do you think
2: that, go ahead John.
3: Okay, yeah, one of the things Jai and I teach people is what's actually happening physiologically in the body during certain peak experiences. And so people that maybe they call it sex addiction, but what they are really could be addicted to is just what's happening chemically in the body, Right. And, and sex does that. It creates lots of chemicals. There's a lot of things happening when people get aroused. And, Jaya, real quick, the other point I wanted to make, um, I've been thinking about this subject for a few days now, is that uh, if you took, let's look at a guy like um, LeBron James. He's, he's on top of the game right now, or maybe even Kobe Bryant. And these guys were popular and talented when they were 15 years old, and they were playing in front of maybe 500 students. Right. And then they went to college, and then it was maybe, uh, what would you say, Bron? Like 10,000 people.
4: Right. It could be. Although Kobe, neither Kobe nor LeBron went, but the, they're go, yeah. the exception rather than the rule. Uh, players who you know they're on scholarship their whole lives so they get to college after having had this rarefied life as adolescents and they're they're playing in front of 15 to 20,000 suddenly they get to the you know there's this winnowing process where only a few people get to be professional athletes but they get to that level and suddenly you add the money to it they're paid millions of dollars and, they're playing on television all the time they endorse all kinds of products and so
3: and this is all happening yeah. When they're developing as young men,
4: well, no question.
3: As so, as their as their competitive drive is developing, their sexuality is developing. They're getting cheered for and paid for it, and so it's natural that they're going to want to have that feeling. They, that's how they grew up. as a, uh, so this as leads me to
2: my final question, which is about you know what are they doing to protect their careers? You talk about you know the endorsements and all the stuff that they're they're getting what how are they protecting themselves now? I mean, do you feel like since the whole Tiger Woods fiasco has happened that there's more protection around their public image or around their habits?
0: Well, before
4: before Tiger Woods there was Kobe Bryant. And so there's always a rupture in in whatever agreement is there at one level or another. And and these athletes often do wind up exposed. There are the select few who who negotiate the minefield Of stardom and and big money, and uh, you know, lots of people throwing themselves at them. There, 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 select few are able to negotiate that without major incident. But the fact of the matter is, as as I go around the NBA interviewing these athletes, a lot of them millionaires at a very young age, I tend to be very impressed with them. And I I look back at at my own person at age 18, 19, 20, 24, 25, heck, even 45. And, you know, if, if someone had thrown at me the level of power and money and accomplishment, success is probably the most dangerous drug of all. I'm not sure I could have done it. And so I, I have I have a lot of respect for the athletes I deal with because I think they deal with a lot. Uh, obviously, they're not perfect um, Sometimes they're uninformed and foolish, but uh, all in all
3: I, I i my hat's off to them hmm. thanks for making that point. That's a really good point,
2: yeah, I agree. I think sometimes we're a little too hard on on them all, you know, like where's the compassion people?
4: well, uh, yeah. when I look at Magic Johnson, he arrived in in Los Angeles as a nineteen year old kid uh, Kobe arrived there at eighteen, and you know hmm. you've got the owner who's got you know there was a, a beautiful documentary on HBO about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and one segment of the documentary showed Jerry Buss, who idolized Hugh Hefner in the owner's box at, at you know at the arena, and it's loaded with all these scantily clad women, and of course he's inviting this 19 year old kid in to sample his world, and you know then he, then they go over to the Playboy Mansion, and it's it's a playground. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point when magic was declared HIV, there was a lot of scorn turned upon him. Right. But, but I, I think he got there as, as part of a process. And, mm-hmm. and this is not a process just of a Jerry Buss or a Hugh Hefner, but this is sort of an American journey. And it is our cultural journey as well as a personal journey. And,
3: and you know, it's like you kind of said a minute ago, who could say no to all that? Right.
4: No, it's not, it's, you know, it, it challenges the best intention.
2: Thank you so much, Roland, for joining us today on Sex with Jaya. And I want—I encourage everybody to check out his book, even I, who am not a sports fan, am reading it. So the book is Jerry West, The Life and Legend of a of a Basketball Icon. Roland, thank you so much for joining us. LakerNoise.com is Roland's, uh, Roland Lazenby's, website and you can go to my website missjaya.com redhottouch.com or newworldsexeducation.com thank you i've enjoyed sex with jaya
3: <laughs> me too thanks guys <laughs>
1: Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Rediscover sex and visit www.edenfantasies.com. You have been listening to Sex with Jaya. For more, you'll have to tune in next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time to the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, make it the best weekend ever with tips you've learned from today's show. Thanks again for joining us.